This principle of success is called the Mastermind Principle. The, 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 the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. Podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. With Tolu Owoyemi. Owoyemi. What's going on, my masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Angel Castillo in the house, aka the founder of Media Care Marketing. Look, over 8.5 million in online sales. He's helped over 20 brands plus scale to six figures. Look, he's a killer when it comes to the online world, when it comes to digital marketing. Angel, welcome to the show. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Nah, thank you because what you're doing is a world that's so complex and interesting and very insightful. And how did you get into this world of digital marketing? How did you get your hands on ads and things of that nature? That's a good question, man. So it actually dates back to when I was in high school. So this was back in 2016, 2017. It's when I first heard of um, dropshipping. Obviously now, almost everybody knows about dropshipping, but back then... It wasn't necessarily a thing, right? It was just this, there was a few guys really doing it out in the space and people were scared about the opportunity, but I jumped on and, you know, was doing, I started with print on demand first, which is like kind of creating designs and stuff yeah. and selling it on t-shirts. I was like, ah, oh, people love dogs. Let me create designs about dogs. I thought that I would be the one creating the products that people wanted as opposed to seeing what people wanted and then creating a product for them. But that's just like me being a newbie in marketing. Started doing that. That didn't necessarily crush it. Then jumped into like straight up dropshipping, like selling product from China. Took me about four months to really start bringing in sales together. And then I had my first, I think it was like December of 2017, where I had my first $30,000 a month selling online on that store. So the main way you get traffic there is through Facebook ads. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I got myself started in the digital marketing. I said, okay, I have this online business that requires marketing skills. So that's why... I'm guessing that's why it took me three, four months to actually start seeing sales because during that month was when I was learning the basics and just kind of trial and error and strategies that would actually drive targeted traffic to the website and, and get them to convert. So that's really what got me into this whole world. Incredible. And does that passion to be, let me figure this out. Let me keep grinding because a lot of people, and let's be real, you know, Dropshipping kind of became like you would go on YouTube and there'd be like a 14-year-old like, like, hey guys, my name is Alex and you know, the dropshipping. And it just became this thing that kind of seemed like, hey, this this quick snag. This, hey, you go get some money real quick. Just throw up some products. How do you look at that in terms of people that is like, hey, just grab a bracelet from AliExpress and just throw it up there and yeah. run ads to it. And how do you think that has, that's affected the econ world? I think back then, giving some credit to those guys, back then in 2017, it was a lot easier than it is now. As long as you had a product that had some decent USP, meaning like there was something unique about the product, some selling proposition, you put some ads together and like you could get sales. Now, as more people started coming into the industry, consumers became more aware of what people were doing. So you actually had to become better at marketing and presenting the product to get people to buy from you. So I would say that back then, yeah, it still took me six months really to make money with it. So it's not like you'll do this in a month, but I would say that right now it's definitely a lot, a lot harder than it was back then. So if somebody right now 
would be saying, hey, like, do this one thing or buy my course and you can start making money in a month, I would be like, stray away from that because it's not <laughs> as easy as they make it seem. The model is simple. Like, yes, you have to do product research, find products that people are buying right now, create a store around that, and try to sell it. Like, the model is still the same. It's very simple. However, whether it's going to take you one product or 17 products to get that initial sale, that's where the trickiness comes in. And that's where I think a lot of people fail because a lot of these gurus and, and people that are selling these courses, they are still selling it like we were in 2017. Mm. Yet the feel is a lot more complex. It has evolved where you actually need to you know your stuff. So they're still selling it like 2017, but people haven't, people that are buying those courses, they have the expectations of 2017, not the expectations of right now. And I think that's where the big disconnect is. Which do you prefer working with e-com brands or coaches and entrepreneurs that have like digital products? That's an awesome question. So e-com is always going to have a, a space in my heart because that's the, the niche and the industry that got me started with this whole journey. But we still work with some e-com brands, but you got to be established. Like you got to be making at least like $10,000 a month for us to take you in as a client. Because again, there's a lot of legwork in starting an e-commerce store that is like, I'm not in the business of that creating other people's businesses. Like I'm in the business of scaling exactly. businesses already. You know what I mean? And, and so I'll still work with some e-com brands as long as they're established, have some sort of customer base because the factors of scaling anything online, the skills are transferable, right? Whether you're an online coach or, or you're in e-commerce stores, you, you got to have a crazy offer or a killer offer, something that people actually want. You need to have landing pages or website pages that optimize for conversions, you need to have ads that drive clicks and that drive the people into whatever it is you're selling. And then you need a back-end system. If you're an e-commerce store, you got to have your email marketing and SMS set up so you can continue to get sales from the clients you acquire. If you're a coach, you need to have back-end offers so that people can continue to buy from you and ascend on that model. So in terms of scaling both businesses, like I said, the frameworks are very similar. So I would still take on an e-commerce store but they need to have sales because so, it's a lot harder to get results for an e-commerce source that has nothing yeah. yet than it is to get a coach, you know, a client or two. Yeah, and when you think about it with the e-com, if they don't already have sales and they pay you that initial money, then what that means is that they're dependent on you to basically build, grow their business because they're like, hey, we paid you that money. Where's our sales at? Exactly. And that's a situation that when I transition from e-commerce like strictly doing e-commerce, like for myself to then start this marketing company, that's an acquisition that I didn't know. Like I thought people would understand, like, man, this takes time. Like, yeah, you're paying me, but like, I'm not a magician. You know what I mean? And there is a factor, there's a risk factor. Like it could not work, even if we do all the right things. Like that is the risk that any entrepreneur takes when they start a business. You know, your business could fail. So I learned that the hard way, taking in clients that, they didn't have expectations online, and then they relied on me to basically build them a business. Where it's like, dude, you're paying fifteen hundred. Like, I'm not. <laughs> how am I gonna build you a business fifteen hundred? You know what I mean? There's like a lot more to it. Exactly. But but and yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. It's so interesting because the world we live in, there has to be that drive by the business owner, and the marketer comes and pours fuel on it and elevates it. But if there's no drive by that individual in that, like, yo, we gotta. Let's let's re, like because you can probably tell Angel like when you look at somebody and you like okay I can see the amount of work and the effort and the like 
they've refined and built something that is valuable versus the person that it's kind of like, hey, I just started the other day or a couple weeks ago, like a month or two ago, and now I'm, I haven't really refined that thing. I'm just looking at you because you're refined, and it seems like you can help me scale mm-hmm. significantly. Yeah. I agree with you, man. And looking at my clientele, I actually made a video about this. It's like our top clients are the clients that continue to invest in themselves. Like our top clients are clients that are, they're signing up for masterminds of their own. They're buying other courses. They're learning. They're reading books. And because they continue to evolve themselves and develop themselves, their business and the stuff that they need to do on their end continues to evolve. So we're doing is just an addition to it. It's not end at all. You know what I mean? It's like marketing. It's not a business. Marketing is a tool you use to grow your business. But if you're not developing the business and developing yourself to be able to develop the business. I know it's a lot of words there, but you get the gist. If you're not doing that work, then whatever I do here is limited. You know what I mean? So it's that. And I think it comes from the right intention. A lot of people are getting on this online space and online stores or online coaching strictly for the money, strictly for a way to like, oh, I don't want to work the job. I just want to make money from home. And it's like, dude, That sounds great, but it's not, you can't, like, when you do it all for the money, like, it sounds cliche, man, but but you do fail, and you feel hard, because you're not in it for the right reasons, and the game and the market will smell you and and see that you're not in it for the right one, and it'll kick your butt, you know, like, people will see it, so I agree, businesses that grow online, Outside of just having the right marketing, like at the core of it is they're not doing it just for the money. Obviously, we live in a capital capitalism country, so we all got bills to pay. So that has to be part of it, yeah. but it can't be the end of it all. Exactly. And I, you said something that's so interesting, like the ones that scale. And think about it. The people that are doing things just for money, they don't typically invest in themselves and go to the masterminds and shake people's hands and come on podcasts. And, but the ones that are having that bigger reason, they're more personable. They show up, they invest, they take the courses, the masterminds. Angel, what have you kind of done to allow yourself to scale in terms of like your ability to provide results? Because the thing about the marketing world is that today this strategy works and then we or month two down the line not as it much doesn't. so what have you noticed has helped you like keep that competitive edge or like keep you on that hey mm-hmm. this is what's currently working that's a great question man so from my beginning stages there was a lot of trial and error like just trying it out myself and seeing what actually works so it's obviously great to take courses and, and learn theory and stuff like that but if you don't do it yourself if you don't apply it or if your team is not doing it then it's all just information right it's just it's just videos and stuff like that so i think one of the things that still allows me to offer that edge to my client is that the way i run my marketing company it's i see the industry going a lot strictly coaching like people just telling you what you should do but they're not necessarily doing it right so like i mean as a marketing company i'm spending money on my own marketing like i'm not just like marketing your business and doing yourself it's like strategies that I want to test and I haven't tested on my clients first, I tested it with me. I tested it with my own dollars and see what results, how that results into my business. And then we apply it to our clients. So that's one way that I think we could still, we have that as that we just continue to invest into our strategies by testing it with our own money first and not our clients. So we're giving our clients proven strategies, proven things that 
with dollars behind it. You know what I mean? Not just like, oh, I learned this thing. Let me do this for your business. And then when it doesn't fail, it's like, oh, it didn't work. It's like, no, we tested it already. And that's why we're giving it to you because we know it works. Exactly. So I think that's one of the reasons why we have a competitive edge. And then just to add something real quick there, I did something that's very unconventional in the industry. And this is not to like praise me or anything like that, but to shine the light into people that might be in a similar situation. So in 2020, this was very recently. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I actually took a position as a, even though I had my agency, I took a full-time position at a marketing company that was doing $10 million a year. Incredible. So in 2020, it was 2020, we were for like 16 months. It was like halfway 2020 and then all of 2021. And I was working for this guy named Rudy Maurer. And like oh, I said, company does Rudy. Rudy, Mauer Capital, exactly. Freaking so, beast. Back then, it was called like ROI Machines or something like that when mm-hmm. we first started working together. So anyways, me doing that, like I said, it, it was a very unconventional because a lot of people now want to be the entrepreneur. I'm not going to work for nobody. I'm not going to do this. Like It's, it's just going to be me. I'm not going to have any boss or whatever the case might be. But me having my own business, I saw an opportunity working for this guy where I knew I was basically getting paid to learn skills that took this guy millions of dollars to develop. Crazy. I literally got paid. That's the way I saw it. It's like, oh, I'm not like, I don't have a job. It's like, I'm getting paid to learn from somebody that's spending $10,000, $20,000 a day on ads. The stuff that I learned there is stuff that I've applied to my business and to my coaching clients as well because it's all transferable. So I think those two things, the fact that I continue to spend money testing stuff on my own business first before I do it on my clients, and the fact that I work for a company doing 10 times the amount of revenue that regular clients would make, gives us that edge to our clients. Incredible. And Mauer, he's a... He's, he's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Top yeah. dog for sure. And how have you seen that... There was something I said yesterday. I was like, man... Coaching clients to coach their clients that coach clients. You know, it's like a coaching. It's like the movie Inception. It's just coaching. Yep. It's just everybody's coaching. Everybody that's a coach, that's a coach, that's coaching somebody that's a coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's easy as heck to become a coach nowadays. Literally, you could just pull up your iPhone and you have some experience in the field and you just pick some copy on a funnel and boom, or throw up an Instagram page and you're a coach. What have you yep. seen are like the successful attributes of the coaches that you work with? Like what makes them different or like what makes them succeed where other coaches that come or like may fail or like mm. what have you seen are the differences? I see. That's a, that's a good question. I think about that one. So I think the first, the first thing, and this is not to make people feel less or anything, but our coaches that have actual results for their students You'd be surprised. Like, you would think, like, if you're a coach, like, your students will have results, right? Because, like, why would you charge them if you can't deliver results? Exactly. Um, but there's a lot of coaches out there that, like you said, you know, they just start this thing, maybe for their money, maybe because they think they are an expert and now they're charging people. But because they haven't necessarily figured out, their students don't get results. Mm. And those type of offers are hard to scale because it comes back and bites you in the butt. If we dump a whole bunch of money in marketing, we get you a whole bunch of leads and you get a whole bunch of clients and stuff, but then they don't get results. Your fulfillment is messy. Those people start complaining. Then they start reporting your Facebook page. Now your ad account is getting restricted. 
it's really hard for you to succeed if your product is if your product sucks. You know what I mean? So I think that's one of the main determining factor of whether you can succeed or not is can you actually deliver results to your students? Like that is and like I said, like that should be a given. Like of course, you know, if, if you're portraying yourself as a coach, like you should pride yourself on getting your students results. But common sense is not common anymore, like they say, right? So you'd be surprised at the amount of people that don't deliver results and they're just doing it and have this weird facade where they have like just a few testimonials and they continue to think that they are this coach, but you're not that coach because your clients don't get results. You know what I mean? You are not him. You are not him. You are not him, literally. Or her, you know? There, there are coaches that are females as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's one of the main reasons or I kind of wanted the negative route because you asked like what are the attributes that do contribute to success? So if you just flip that, if you actually produce results to your clients, if you focus on getting your clients' results initially, maybe you have two or three clients that you got organically, like make sure you crush it for them. Make sure you do work that might necessarily not be scalable work. Like if you have to hop on four calls with your initial clients, like obviously you don't want to do this with 10,000 people because you won't have the time. Yeah. But those initial clients are going to help you refine your offer, refine your processes, and they'll be advocates for new clients. Exactly. So once you get them results, they'll talk about it. You could use your testimonials to get more clients. So that that's definitely one of the attributes that contributes to coaching success. It's just making sure that you are indeed putting in work so your clients get results. Now, you nailed it on the head. And I think that's one thing that's going to become apparent over the next couple of years is that the people that are really building these systems... The people that are really building these pot, like refining the product, the offer, like getting people results and, and progressively getting better, they're the ones that are going to continue to grow and strive. And what's beginning to happen is that people are just saying, you know what, I'm just going to go with this person. I'm going to go with this. Per- I'm going to go with that company because they've grown so big and like refined their process and systems that this the guys that are kind of like shooting in the dark and like not really producing results, really being dissolved because your clients or whoever it is you're working with, they're not satisfied. And then they're going to these major corporations. Uh, when you look at the Country model capitals, yeah. yeah, they're becoming mm-hmm. like, before you know, so, hey, Shopify wants to buy this or, hey, this company wants to merge. It's kind of like when you look at mergers and acquisitions on a corporate level, what happens? The companies that actually succeed either get bought out or they get merged, but they keep mm-hmm. going. So it's kind of like the world of coaching whereby a lot of people are faking the funk, but then they're going to be out of existence. Yeah, and it'll, it will come because I don't know if I'm seeing this run or what, but it looks like from 2017, at least on my journey with digital marketing in general, 2017 to like 2020, the big boom was the whole e-commerce stuff. Mm. Right now, after COVID or like 2020, a lot of coaches came out of that. Wow. A lot of coaches came out of the COVID student. So it almost seems like where history is repeating itself, where initially right now, in like that 2020, the first two years, 2020 now, a lot of people are hopping onto the wagon of being a coach and they might be getting some results. But as the marketplace becomes more savvy and starts smelling out the funk, like you said, these coaches will get outplayed. These coaches will get shut down. And then we'll see what we're seeing now with e-commerce, where it's a lot harder for you to get something to work. It's a lot harder to scale your e-commerce store because the consumers became a lot savvy after three, four years of people just dumping crap on them, exactly. promising them results and never got them. So I think the 
that will happen like the coaching space i guess will correct itself in two years or so where the coaches that are not in it for the right reasons and they're not providing the right results will get booted they'll yeah. get exactly they'll get booted out of the space and like you said the ones that they put in the right work they had the right reason from the start are now having five years of compound results five years of brand awareness five years of actually clients succeeding so now you are this guy that you've been kind of doing it but not doing it for five years your prospects are seeing the results of that company that did did it for the right reasons and they're like dude these guys get results like every day every day is a new case study every day is a new testimony it's like they must be doing something right I they see. are and they've been for five years <laughs> so that's why they continue to get more clients uh so i agree with you on that end I think that we will see some sort of correction in the next couple of years. Yeah. So, you know, there's this whole debate and world of low ticket offers and then high ticket offers. And mm. like, this is the, the strategy for low ticket that, you know, goes into the back end to become a high ticket. And other people are like, nah, just focus on the high ticket and book a call for what, from your experience, do you kind of prefer or do you see is effective, especially like in the coaching world today? That's a good question, man. And, and I'm glad that I took the opportunity with Rudy Mauer because it, it really gave me the volume mm. of like being able to test both strategies at scale. Like with, I had like a hundred plus clients when I was working with him. So like, cause you can make it work. You can make work a, a low ticket offer with one client, but that could be a fluke. Like that could be just that one client had really good brand awareness and people yeah. started buying from him regardless, right? So if you haven't really tested this at scale, you can't speak about the fact, but the fact that I had the opportunity, what I learned and the conclusion from it, it's not that it's right or wrong. This one works, this one doesn't. It's at what stage of your business you're in. Mm. So if you're a beginning coach, if you're a beginner coach, in my experience, you do not want to start with a low ticket offer. And I'll say this, low ticket offers are heavy on the marketing pace. Like you need to be really good at copywriting. You need to be really good at designing funnels. Like you need to be really good at coming up with ad creatives to get the traffic. Because there's a lot of low ticket offers out there. So it's very competitive for you to nail this. So what does that mean? That means you have to spend a ton of money testing or paying somebody to build it and then test your low ticket offer if you want it to grow a scale type thing. So I think that if you're a beginner coach, if you're making less than $10,000 a month and stuff, like don't do it because like it's you won't be able to see results from it like unless you have some crazy funds and you could have a run rate of i don't know twenty thousand dollars to develop front end offers that work and test them and stuff unless you have that type of run rate don't get into it because it just won't convert low ticket offers work at scale if you're only getting a few couple sales here and there it's not worth it like you won't be able to make your money back with it low mm. offers only work when you're getting 20 25 50 buyers per day on your low ticket offer that's when it works to get at that scale you need a lot of capital to get that to work incredible so i think that's my whole thing with high ticket and, and low ticket but where i see a lot of people go wrong with high ticket is that and i think i made a video about this it's almost like people are walking around trying to marry strangers like Oof. a high ticket offer is a big commitment you're asking for most coaches, you're going B to C, right? You're you're talking to consumers. That's right. There's studies out there that show that I think it's like 80, 60% of Americans don't even have four hundred dollars saved. And you're asking to, for them to pay you two thousand, five thousand dollars. 
when you look at what that represents, that means that most of your prospects won't have $4,000, $2,000, whatever it is you charge. So it is a big investment for them. And where I see a lot of people go wrong is that they go out, they DM people on Instagram, or they do some sort of LinkedIn outreach, they get them on a call, and the call is straight up a pitch fest of them pitching their $5,000 program. And it's like, dude, these people don't know you, and you're asking them to commit an amount of money that for them, it's just it's huge. Exactly. It's a lot. You know what I mean? So you should, with that being said, don't do the low ticket offer if you're less than $10,000 because it just won't work out financially. But also, try to make those initial calls, like the call to sell your high ticket, more of a, you definitely want to give them some sort of value on that call. Like, we call those calls like implementation calls or discovery calls type thing, mm. where you're not coming in, I'm not getting you on a sales pitch. Like, I take a lot of calls or my team takes calls where we don't end up closing that client and we still take the call. And the reason being is like, in that specific situation for that individual, they don't need my coaching. What you need to do is go do X, Y, Z, do that first, put that to work, and then come to us. That you know, When you do that for people, eventually it does come back to you. Eventually, wow. those people do get results and they come back and recommend you. Or they recommend a friend and say, hey, like this didn't work out for me because I'm not there yet, but you should definitely go out with these guys. These guys are awesome. So I think that's what people need to do. If you're less than 10000 as a coach, Sell your high ticket stuff, but don't just make it about that sale. Don't take the call just because you want to make that high ticket sale. Because like people smell that, and again, you're asking for a really big commitment, and these people don't know you. They don't know who you are. They might have just consumed a couple of your videos, and now you're asking them for five thousand. That's a big ask, type thing. So it is. I think that's what I would say about that. No, that's an incredible analogy and way to break it down. Because you're right. The market has been pushed into high ticket, high ticket, like, you know, high ticket will build the business and it will give you more cash flow and it's going to help you scale your business more. So a lot of people are conditioned by what the marketing and over and over and over and over again is telling them to do. So the product might be like 500 bucks, but they're going out, hey, 5,000 and, you mm -hmm. know, they get on that phone call and I think the market is becoming desensitized. Oh, okay, another offer. All right, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Nice guy. So what, what, mm -hmm. what do you do? All right, you, know, you want XYZ, huh? And what is interesting, because even when you look at some ads nowadays, some of the comments on it, like, oh, another scammer, just, you know, you, you're just trying to dig your digital hands into my pocket. And that's why, you know, like, what do you think are other elements that somebody can surround themselves with so that when they do want to come and have a sale or engage with a potential prospect, that prospect is more warmed up to them and more welcoming and more, hey, you know what, maybe I do want to do business with you. Okay, that, yeah, that's a good, I'll say for me, it, this will sound so weird, time. So time and time again, what I've seen is a lot of people try to make sales from prospect in day one. And if they don't get that sale, it's like it's over for them. It's like, okay, no, like, that broke lead, like this, this lead is not worth it or whatever the case might be. And like I said, going back to the whole point of big commitment, these people might actually need more time of seeing you show up. Show up every day. You follow me on Instagram. You see that I'm posting every day. I'm posting my results. I'm posting my routines. Like just every day. And there are prospects that have gone on calls with me, didn't close, but then I see that they followed me. And now I'm seeing that they're seeing my stories every day. And I'm like, time will make that prospect warm. 
So when I do an offer, when I post about an offer that I'm looking for 10 people or five people, whatever the case might be, time has done the work for me. I no longer need to go into that DM and try to be all salesy and convincing them and stuff. Just the fact that I added time to that process for, for that specific prospect allow them to be warmer. Now, obviously, you're not going to build your whole business on that, but I think a lot of people get frustrated. And then, again, it shows on the initial calls that they take with people where they want the money right now. And if they don't get it right now, that prospect sucks. And it's like you shouldn't look at your business that way. First of all, you're in it to help people. So help people. If they can't do it right now, don't make them feel bad about it. Exactly. Like, tell them, hey, look, it's fine. You can't do it right now. Follow me on Instagram. I'm always posting tips and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll help you. And that's just building that rapport with the client so that when they do come around, they are warmer. And the second thing to that is show up every day. Show up every day. I see you, too, you know, you're always posting. I'm trying to always post. Obviously, keep the main thing the main thing, but it won't take you more than, put it, 30 minutes of your day to come up with some sort of advice and post it on social media. Because it's like people want to make money online, but they don't want to be online. Mm. How does that make sense? And I'm paraphrasing. I think I saw that from the King Keto. He was talking to personal trainers. Personal trainers trying to make money online, but they don't post content online. And it's like, well, how does it make sense? You know what I mean? And it's the same thing for online coaches. It's like you want to make money from online clients and stuff but you don't want to be online oh facebook is not my thing i'm not a tiktoker i'm not this it doesn't matter what you're not what you are is broke and you need to start doing the right thing to get out of that situation exactly. you know what i mean it's like if you don't have the clients if you don't have a business then stop saying i'm not this i'm not that well because you're not is the reason you don't have the business so do the things you need to do Regardless of whether you think you are that person or not, it's like it's what the business requires. If you want to make money online, you need to be online. That's whether you think you're good on camera or not, you need to be. So just start. You know what I mean? So time and keep showing up, I think, are two things that people could do so that prospects are warmer when they get on a call. With, exactly. With you. Now, you, you nailed it straight. Managing an agency, man, you're dealing with clients different personalities, different energies. This person is impatient. This person is super, super too laid back. How do you manage the expectations of clients and in a way whereby, you know, you can produce those results and keep that relationship intact and even thriving? That's a, that's a good question, man. The first thing is vetting your clients before you take the money. Ooh. So I see a lot of coaches, you know, they, they have somebody that on the sales call was a part of my French, was a dick. Like the person wasn't nice, was just like not engaging, one sentence, like one word sentences. And at the end of the, it just asks for the price. And it, if the person has the money, you know, they might pay it or whatever. But you as a coach, you got to think about it. It's like, okay, this means a sell today for a headache tomorrow. Do I want to do that? And I think a lot of people, because they don't have a revenue coming in, because they don't have a client, they take any sales that they could take. Any sales that they could get in, they take it. And that ends up being a whole headache for themselves, for their team, because now their team is dealing with somebody that's just not the right fit, that's like exactly. questioning their work, questioning the, the value that they provide. It's just a, a weird thing. So I think the first thing to manage the right expectations is make sure you're only taking the money, only signing up people that are a good fit. And to you, depending on how you run your business, you might want 
only people that are laid back because you take two weeks to submit stuff and it's only you so you don't want to have people blowing up your phone and stuff so if that's the way you want to run your agency then make sure you only take clients that fit with that criteria if you want to take clients that are action takers that are fast that are business owners like those people usually move at a lot faster speeds so make sure that you have a team to support a client that's like that and set the right expectations with clients that are like that so yeah vetting the client the first thing second thing setting the right expectations on the onboarding call so every time we do close a client we have an onboarding call right and on that onboarding call we're basically explaining how things are going to work and because we have our process that's laid out it's easy to explain that to a client so for some coaches it might be hard to explain how things are going to work because they don't even know how things are going to work they only have you know an idea that they'll hop on zoom with one or two calls with the client and then they'll just give value to whatever questions the client asks but that that's that's not the right way to do it you should have some sort of curriculum or process as to how you take someone from point a to point b right they're paying you because they want to get to some level exactly. depending on whatever area you are so if you're going to get them to that level then you should have a process as to how you get them there so on that onboarding call you want to explain that process in terms of the actions and then in terms of the time because what i see some people do it it's like they sign up a client but they don't tell them that it's going to take them seven days to get the first ad up so they sign the client today now they're not talking to the client because they know that it's going to take them seven days but the client doesn't know them so two days after the client is like hey where's my ad i already paid you why is there nothing going on but that's mm. just a matter of the agency didn't set the right expectation at first so i think that's the second part to that first thing is just making sure you're setting up signing up the right clients and only the right clients even if that means you have to turn money down and to set the right expectations on the onboarding call like don't do it after they complain don't do it after they ask you where are they at that's not the time for you to tell them oh it actually takes seven days to get it no do that on the first call on the onboarding call so that they know what they're signing up for so i think those are two ways that have helped us be able to at times like i said have over 100 clients and, and manage that without pulling our hers out and like working 24 hours a day dived in just just making sure we're signing up the right people and, and setting up the right expectations from the start when you look at your seasoned experience and you know everything you've been able to accomplish what is a win that you're like wow like maybe you think about it and you're like man we really did like that was incredible like we scaled this person or we did this that mm-hmm. helped the organization do this or fund this. I, said, I think one of my best wins and it's not the most like with rudy with the work that i did for him i generated millions of dollars for him right so but that's not my biggest win even though that's cool that's awesome you know i got to work with some of the biggest guys in the industry and, and produce results for them one of my biggest wins with um this client her name is jerry robbins she's a publisher author and she had this program where she teaches people how to become amazon bestseller oh wow like, that's her program her program is i'll take you step by step what you need to do to become an amazon bestseller in whatever category niche you're in so she came to us and she said hey like i have this program i want to sell it for 2000 but i don't necessarily know how and i see that you do marketing so can you help me type in being completely honest at the time that i took her on i didn't necessarily have the system to sell that type of offer so i'm like okay i'll take you on 
on a trial basis. Like I'll charge you less because like we, I haven't necessarily worked with you. Like at that time, I've only worked with the e-commerce store mostly, not necessarily coaches. So I knew that there was a big probability that I wouldn't make it work type thing. So I, off the bat, charge a little less because I knew that there's a big possibility it didn't work. But we figured out, man, and, and we set up a funnel uh, that was a webinar funnel for her. Because $2,000, nobody's just going to go and see an ad and give you two grand. Like $2,000 offer, you need to build a report and you either do that through sales calls or a presentation, a webinar, where you're speaking with people for 40 minutes or so. So we set up her webinar, integrated with webinar jam, did a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't necessarily do, but we did it for this client. And she ended up closing, dude, a hundred. it was like $104,000, $105,000 in the first 90 days of us launching that. And dude, that was so big because um, for her, like she hadn't bought herself a car in like years and she went in like bought herself an Audi. It's not like she spent all her money on that, but obviously <laughs> she does have a business that generate money. But yeah. the fact that this online piece of her business generated that amount of money and helped her take that. I think she went on vacation afterwards as well. She's a very smart woman. So it's not like she's just uses a hundred grand and okay. blew it. That's not the idea that I'm trying to portrayed she obviously has she has another business where she actually published books for people but because we injected a hundred grand to her business something that wasn't necessarily planned for her that's she was incredible. able to take this luxury so i think that's one of my yeah i feel really proud that my team you know we figured out we hadn't done it before we figured that out and we completely nailed it so yeah that's, that's one of those stories that will i'll remember them forever really Nah, that's a huge spike. Like that's literally like life changing right there. Yeah, she will six never figures ever added. forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, I bet. <laughs> so yes, sir. moving forward, you know, as we're gonna wrap up, like moving forward, right? And seeing like the challenges and kinda like how people so many people have different ways. Some people are like, Hey, let's do a low ticket and then on the low on the back end of it have like a book your call and then have like closers or people on that to quote enroll them into a high ticket program other people like mm -hmm. webinars like hey man like just use webinars or like virtual presentations to flood people into that virtual room present it to them then hey book your sales call or like enroll into the program what are you seeing to be like successful in terms of like helping those coaches or the entrepreneurs um scale and sell yeah I think you nailed it, man. One of the things that I've seen in terms of strategies that, that, that's working for coaches is two. And this is kind of like a soft plug into what we do. But we have a program called the Impact Accelerator. And to break it down, you know, it's nothing like new. We're running specific Facebook ads within a specific offer that gets people into a lead form on Facebook, qualifies them with a couple questions and sends them to a CRM. That CRM follows up with them and try to get them on a call. Then we do an initial intro call to qualify the lead and then an actual demo call or sales call. Uh, that process is working tremendously well for my own agency. Like if you look at my ads library, that's exactly what I'm doing myself and for our clients. So getting sales calls through that route where you have a specific offer that calls people out, qualifies them through people filling out an information, then you qualify them over the phone. Then you have the sales goal. Like that's working very, very well for our clients. And then I'm not necessarily running webinar for my clients right now, but I know this person. His name is Aaron Ball. 
You might want to oh, interview yeah. him. You know him? Yeah, he's a beast. Man. He's a beast. So he's crushing it with webinars, and I would definitely vouch for for his product. So I think for coaches, you know, those two routes, either having a, a tight process to get people on a call, whether it is through lead form on Facebook and nurturing system or through a webinar, both ways work really well. Because to sell high ticket, you got to build rapport. To build rapport, you have to speak with people, right? Like you have to hop on some sort of thing where they're seeing you, right? So we push our clients to do Zoom calls. Our ball is pushing people to do webinars. Either way, you're hopping on a screen and you're delivering value to people for a certain amount of time so that at the end of it, a pitch or a presentation to a, a sales doesn't seem uh, too much of a rich because they already trust you. They're already believing what you're saying, seeing results, seeing the whole nine jars. So I think that'll be either way for coaches is what I would say. The last thing that I would say about those two things is webinars, it will cost you a little bit more to get them to convert. So like let's say Aaron has a system set up because he's tested over 500 webinars to get him with him or anybody that has results at that point. You're looking at 10, 15 Gs just to set up the system. You know what I mean? So they work, but you need to have the capital to be able to hop on webinars and make them convert. The other route, the stuff that we're doing, as long as you could commit to like $100 on Facebook ads, which is like 3000 a month, I think. As long as you have that type of budget, you could make that route work. So I guess it just depends on, on the finances of that coach. If you have the investment and you want to get that going right away, then webinars could be a really good route. If you're a little tighter on cash, then setting up that system, kind of like what we have with the Impact Accelerator, could get you those results. And, and then maybe then you hop onto a webinar. No, I like the way it's a little bit more like streamlined and like jetlined. Mm-hmm. So it's like even the ones that is like, hey, I don't necessarily have this big marketing budget. You're like, hey, look, we've developed this proprietary method that you utilize to then scale you into like these other avenues. Exactly. And that's incredible. And you can only really, that's years of testing and developing and, and being in that mad genius in the laboratory and like mm-hmm. c- concocting these formulas that lead to success 100 percent. the future of marketing and you know everything that's happening and the agency what are you most excited about with media care marketing and, and kind of like as you look at the future i love that question man and, and we're actually developing this whole like tracking system for our clients where i wish i could show you but basically we have this whole system laid out on, on a specific google sheet where we'll be able to tell exactly, like exactly to the T, what needle we need to move for our coaches to make more sales. So in the coaching space, your needle mover is sales, hopping on more sales calls, right? Now to get sales calls, you need appointments to show. To get people to show up to a call, you need to have multiple appointments. To have multiple appointments, you need leads. To have leads, you need good ads, right? So we developed a system where we're gonna be able to track each one of those aspects and have specific benchmarks for each one so that once we run a coach through the system, the data will literally tell us what we need to focus on. Do we need to focus on your sales process because all the other numbers lined up, but your close rate sucks. So that's what we need to focus on. Do we need to focus on hiring an appointment setter because your leads to appointment books is really low. You're getting a lot of leads, but not a lot of leads are converting into appointments. So maybe hiring an appointment setter that's actually calling these people day in, day out to get them on your calendar is going to work out for you. So I'm very excited of bringing that on to our coaches because it, it literally, it's like a blueprint to return on ad spend. It's a blueprint. Because exactly. like, like I said, we could tell how much we're spending 
and then how much we're collecting based on all those specifics. So I'm very excited to bring that to the marketplace. We are developing with a few of our clients. And once we have that bulletproof and tested, I'll start making content and videos showing the system, just getting people excited about it incredible. and showing how we get results. So yeah, man. Incredible. Okay. Last question, kind of, you know, this TikTok, there's the emergence of the world of, hey man, TikTok ads. And yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Have you kind of like endeavored or ventured into that world a little bit? I'll be completely honest, man. I think I'm one of the guys that still hasn't gone completely like mad about TikTok. And to that extent, I don't have tons of experience with this. So I'm not going to say like, should you do it or should you not? But I think it's definitely a great platform, something that we want to tap into for sure, because TikTok pushes you to create, to be really good at coming up with creatives. That's right. Like, that's the cool thing about TikTok. And that's why, like, me personally, on an organic basis, I'm posting TikTok every day. So I'm saying, like, I'm not running ads, but I'm in the platform. I'm learning and I'm creating content to the platform because TikTok rewards creatives that people connect to. So it's like, to get results on TikTok, you must learn to become good at creating content. And the cool thing is that that translates to other platforms. What I've seen is that Typically, ads or creators that do well on TikTok, organically and stuff, do well as Facebook ads. That's right. So that would be my take is, is TikTok is definitely a really cool platform. I personally haven't spent, you know, I spent thousands of dollars. So I guess that does give me some sort of a idea. But unless I spend a million on a platform, I don't feel like I know anything. <laughs> so, But that's my personal like standard. You know, if I haven't spent a million dollars on that platform, I don't know crap. So I'm still like a newbie. But I definitely do see the advantage of, of being on that platform because it forces you to become a better content creator. And that translates to any media channel that you want to ex- distribute your content. Exactly. And for those that are out there that are listening, they're like, man, this guy's killing it. We want to work. We want to go ahead and, you know, contact. What's the best way for people to reach out to you, especially if they're interested in becoming clients? Beautiful. So you could definitely just go to www.mediacaremarketing.com. In there, you know, you'll be able to see our results, see our testimonials, see our processes, and obviously book a call. Or just follow me on Instagram. It's Angel Castillo. As you see my name here, underscore official. Had to do the whole official thing because my other account got banned or whatever. But yeah, follow me there. I'm posting every day. You could message me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. So either just go to the website directly or follow me on Instagram. We'll connect and then we'll see where we can go from there. Amazing, guys. Look, we're going to give you guys direct access to the links. Angel is a killer. And you can tell even that, but he's innovating for his clients in terms of like the benchmarks and the KPIs. That's somebody that actually cares. If not, they wouldn't do all of that. So, Angel, we super, super appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest? Any last words that you have for the people out there? <laughs> it's a good He's question. Like, I got I'd a lot say of words for them. <laughs> I think I posted it this morning, man. It's like either do it or watch someone else do it. Do it. Exactly. Like it's as simple as that. Forget about do I suck? Can I get results? Am I gonna fail? Who cares, bro? Like do we it. only got one life. Do it. Or watch someone else do it. live life once. That's about it. Tulu, I appreciate you a lot, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited, man. Excited for what we're going to be doing. (laughs) All right, masterminders, make sure you tap in. 
Follow Angel on all social media platforms. We're going to give you guys direct access. If you're a coach, entrepreneur, looking to scale, make sure you tap into as well. Angel, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here with us. Keep killing it. Keep crushing it. Love it, man. Appreciate it. All right, you. masterminders. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.